welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Right now I feel to share on a series we put together called Treasure Chest and um, with a subtitle of Unlocking God's Financial Plan which will be a two-week, four-part series about money, giving, spending and saving, etc. And I believe it's something that needs to be spoken on. Why? Because it affects us all. In actual fact, every day of your life, whether you care to admit this or not, you think about money. You do. Money is one of the things that affects us more than anything else. And so it needs to be spoken on because it affects us so dramatically. I also believe it needs to be spoken on at this time of year because Christmas is just around the corner. And it has been said that Christmas is a time where people spend money, money that they don't have, on things they don't need, on people they don't like. I don't know whoever said that, but I concur and I tend to agree. And it's known as the silly season because we get into debt buying things we don't need for many people we don't even like. And I want us to stop and think before we get on the rat race of having to spend a whole heap of money and then come January and February regretting it. I feel obligated to share on these things because Jesus shared on these things. Money is one of the biggest, if not the biggest subject Jesus spoke on. Most of His parables revolve around money and giving. Do you know that? It's funny that um, people say, oh, the church always talk about money. In actual fact, the opposite is true. Most churches are too afraid to speak about money because of what people might think. Most churches actually do not speak about money. We don't speak about it every week because it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be fitting because there's many other things we have to cover. But not to mention at all would be cowardice of us because it's a subject that affects us all and needs to be spoken on. And I would rather do it before Christmas than after Christmas when we have no money left. And we have to go through a whole heap of counselling. Does that make sense? And if the church won't speak on it and teach on it, who will? Are the banks going to teach on it? Is the government going to teach on it? Are the schools going to teach on it? No, it's the mandate and the obligation of the church to cover every area that is common and known to man. And that includes sex, drugs, rock and roll and money. We have to be bold enough and man enough to speak on every subject and do it confidently, and do it with authority, and do it according to the Word of God. I get amazed that people get all awkward when they all talk about sex. We should be able to do that. I don't want to talk about money. We should be able to do that. I believe that's genuinely loving people when there's no subject that we can't speak on. Now, I know when it comes to money, there are some of you that have been burnt either by the church, or by a Christian, or by a bank, or by someone. And so you're very sceptical when it comes to the subject of money. But may I remind you of an illustration that Billy um, Graham used. And he says, isn't it amazing when it comes to aeroplanes, we only ever hear about the ones that crash. And yet every day there are aeroplanes that, except for Qantas right now, (laughs) every day there are aeroplanes that take off, have great in-flight service and land well without a hitch. You never hear about them because that doesn't make for good news. And I want to tell you, for every pastor that's fallen and done the wrong thing with the finances, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of great Christian 
great Christians and great pastors and great men of God that have done the right thing with the finance. You only get to hear about the bad ones. You don't get to hear about the many, many good ones that do the right things with the money. And so I want to say this, that the answer to abuse is not no use. It's correct use. Does that make sense? And so with life, we see pendulum swings. Okay, so people tried marriage, it doesn't work, so now it's no marriage. No, the answer is let's do marriage right. Got it? So let's not do marriage wrong, let's not leave it out altogether, but let's do it right. When it comes to finances, let's not, let's not abuse, let's not use, but let's see what God's Word has to say about it. And this series is a desire for us to teach a balanced biblical truth about money, giving, spending, saving, debt, and all those things that do affect every one of us. In this room, don't say the church isn't relevant. This is a relevant subject that's relevant to us all. And so, this morning, just by way of introduction, I want to entitle my message The Heart of the Matter. The Heart of the Matter. Okay? And let me start by asking you this question Why do you think God created giving? Was it to support the church? I don't think so. I don't think God created the uh, giving to support the church. And the reason I say I don't believe He created giving to support the church is because we see that in the Word of God that He supported the church through supernatural means, be it the manna that came from heaven. When the Israelites were complaining that uh, all they had was manna, a whole heap of quail come in. And so God supernaturally provides. When Elijah was, was kind of all by himself and wanting to die and he was hungry, God sends a raven with food in his mouth to feed this prophet who was going through a tough time. In Jesus' time, when tax time was coming, they throw out the net, they catch a fish, they open up the fish of the mouth and oh, money for tax time. How about that? If, if it was just about Supporting the church. God can do it by way of supernatural means. I don't believe God created giving to support the church. So come on church, we've got to take up an offering. We need your money. I don't ever want to get to that place because I don't believe it's at the heart of God. God did not create giving to support the church. I believe with all my heart that God created giving for another reason. And that's not to overlook the fact that we have very real needs and that we have a heart to reach people, which costs money, and that we have a vision to do more and more and more. I don't want to overlook those things. They are very real. But I believe at the core of it, God created giving to work greed and selfishness out of humanity. I believe that. See, giving breaks the grip of greed and selfishness. Nothing else deals with the grip of materialism like giving. You see, God's way of raising, uh, sorry, giving is God's way of raising children, not God's way of raising money. You've got to catch this. Giving is not so God can raise money. Giving is so that He can raise His children. When we raise our children, I want to teach them to give because I don't want them to be selfish. I don't want to be full of greed. And so we teach them to give because that's what we do as parents to raise our kids. I don't say, kids, give me some money because dad's struggling. Got it? The money that they give is money I gave them in the first place. I don't need their money. We give them pocket money 
And I don't need some, I need some money off you, man. We gave him that money. But I need him to give. I don't want selfish little so-and-sos. Nor does God. Oh, there's nothing like giving to work selfishness and greed out of your heart. See, this whole series is not about money. It's actually about maturity. It's actually about us becoming like Christ. And what Christ did was give. God so loved the world, He gave His Son. Jesus so loved the world, He gave His life. This whole series is about us as Christians becoming more like God. Answer me this. Do you think the world would be better if we gave or we withheld? Just ask that. Before we go New Testament, Old Testament, before we go all cynical and sceptical about what the church wants and all they want is your money, just think about it for a moment. If the world, Christian or not, were givers, would not the world be a better place? Would it, not be, would it be a, a place that has less greed and less selfishness in it? It would, of course, it'd be better because it's God's plan. God's plan is giving because there's nothing like giving that breaks the grip of greed and selfishness in our lives. You see, what I want to do with this series is break the mentality of this give to get. See, a lot of people who have understood something of the Christian principle of giving, they still do it with the wrong motive. And I think a lot of the church have bred and fed this attitude, this give to get. If you give, then you'll be blessed. Pressed down, shaking together. That is not the goal of giving. The goal of giving is not so you can get. If your goal is to get, then you are still as greedy as ever before. God has not worked greed out of you yet. If the only reason you give is so that God will give you more, pressed down, shaking together, you're still as greedy as you've ever been. Does that make sense? So that is not the purpose or the goal of our giving. At least it shouldn't be. I do not believe that giving is protection money. See, some people view God as the Godfather <laughs> who heads up the mafia. You know, when, when you, you, you give the mafia protection money, you, you might be a little shop owner and the mafia come in and they want their money. And if you give the mafia the money, then your shop won't be worked over. And they'll make sure nobody else works over your shop. Protection money. And so we pay the Godfather. A percentage of our income just to keep the bad guys away. Keep the pestilence from devouring our crop. God is Father God, but He's not the Godfather. And tithing and giving is not protection money. Oh, we've done such a bad job as a church of preaching God's Word and what it really means. Do you know you can make the Bible say anything you want? You can make the Bible say that God is a woman. Because the Bible says that God is not a man. That He should lie. You can read into it that David rode a motorcycle. Because David's triumph was heard throughout the land. 
You can read into it that Moses played tennis because he served in the courts of Pharaoh. And you could read into it that there will be no women in heaven because Revelation tells us that for one whole half an hour, there was silence. (laughs) You can make the Bible say whatever you want and it doesn't mean it's the Word of God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 37, It says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for the measure you use it it will be measured to you. This scripture, please tell me, where is money mentioned? It's not. And yet nearly all pastors and preachers use this scripture around the offering to talk about money. Give and it will be given to you. Which perpetuates greed and some of the things I've talked about before. But it's not essentially talking about money. It just simply says, give. In other words, give is anything that you give. Yes, that includes money. But the context here is judgment and forgiveness. That's the context of this scripture here. It says, if you give judgment, then you will receive judgment. Oh, but if you give forgiveness, you'll receive forgiveness. In good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I don't know about you. The choice of having judgment in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, or forgiveness in good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I know what I want. I want forgiveness in good measure, pressed down. You ever had one of those green gar bags? And it looks full? Kids go, it's full. I don't give it to me. Shake it. Stomp on it. Only half full. And then you fill it again and you fill it again until it's filled full. The judgment you will receive will be in good measure, pressed down, shaken together if you give judgment. Oh, but if you give forgiveness, like Sharon Roberts, as she shared a testimony to the ladies. I mean, when you look at Sharon's life and all that she's been through, physically, sexually abused as a child, then gets into a relationship as an older woman with men who who did similar things and, and there were photos that we saw up on the screen of her being beaten black and blue. And she continues to forgive. And so she receives forgiveness in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Oh, this forgiveness that she has isn't just for herself. It oozes out of her. You can't hang around Sharon and stay the same. She's a different person. She rubs off on you. Your life is changed when you hang around Sharon and people like her because what's in her comes out. 
So it's whatever you give, you will receive it back in good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And can I say this, that even when we don't give, we are still giving. If you don't give something, you're being stingy. You're giving something, you're giving away stinginess and you receive stinginess in good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and it overflows into people's lives. We need our musicians to come. Shock horror, you didn't think I was going to do it, did you? You thought, nah, he'll keep going, he'll keep going. I want our musicians to come. Continue this tonight. This will change your life because this is, this is not about money. And I want to encourage you to come back and bring your friends. Because people are getting all bound up with all sorts of wrong believing about all sorts of things, including money. God has a plan to set you free. And it starts with us giving. If you give judgment, oh, you'll receive judgment. If you forgive forgiveness, you receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things on the face of the earth. I don't just want forgiveness. I want it in good measure. I want it pressed down. And I want it overflowing. I want to look people in the eye that have done me wrong. And have nothing but love. Because I've received all this forgiveness. See, forgiveness isn't something you can conjure up or manufacture in your own strength. You can't try and be more forgiving. If you try and be more forgiving, you'll just get more bound up. It starts by receiving the forgiveness and giving and receiving and giving. Will you please stand with me this morning? Father, I pray that as members of your church, we would get this right. We would not make giving all about dollars and cents. We would not make it all about money. But that we might become more like you. And there's nothing like giving that works greed and selfishness out of us quicker than giving. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as my words are coming against years of conditioning, years of thinking, years of indoctrination, Holy Spirit, won't You wash over us and let Your Word live and let Your Word breathe life into our spirits and life into our lives to combat the culture and the belief systems that have been formulated in our minds. Holy Spirit, only You can do that. 
just as every eye is closed in this place, I wanna make an appeal right now to those who have never committed their lives to Christ, who have never given their lives to Jesus. Because that's where real life starts. It starts in the giving. Life for you starts when you give your life to Jesus. Jesus said, I will come and I will give you life, life to the full, abundant life, overflowing life, life that will make you whole. But it starts with you giving. It starts with you surrendering your life to Him. It starts with you entrusting your life into His care and into His providence and into His hand. He's not asking for your money. He's asking for you. The Bible says He knocks at the door of our hearts. He's not going to knock the door down. It's a gentle knock of invitation. So why don't you come and give? Why don't you come and give? And while it may not seem like it now because of all the fear and the nerves that could be going on in your world and in your life, When you surrender to Him, He comes and brings the peace. And He brings purpose and meaning. And together with the church family, little by little, slowly but surely, we begin to become more like Him, being made whole. But it starts with an act of giving, giving your life to Him. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.